Well, good morning, Lake Avenue Church. I have a handheld microphone today so that when I cough, I don't have to subject you to it, but I want you to know I've had two negative COVID tests this week, all is well, but this hankering little cough is hanging with me, which is why I did get two emails last week that asked why I ran out of church so quickly, and there's two reasons. One, I wasn't feeling that great, and two, I really, really like the Olympics, and I wanted to get out of here. That, that was a joke, but I do like the Olympics. Before we jump into our sermon today, Dan mentioned, I just want for a moment to thank Daniel, Eleanor, Sydney, Stanley, Paul, Desiree, Glory, and Johan. And um, because last night, a very kind gift happened to the Madisich family, a very unexpected kind gift. If we could show the picture. It's a group of our college students that came over to our home, not only delivered us dinner for no reason, but then prayed over me and my family in our backyard. And I am so thankful and grateful for not only the richness of all of that, but I can't describe to you uh, what that did for a little 13-year-old boy to get a vision of what it means to follow Jesus in college. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We are turning the final corner in our homecoming series as we spend the next four weeks speaking about the four core values of Lake Avenue Church. I love these core values, and I'm gonna to appeal to you at the beginning to recognize that each value in and of itself needs the other values to make the full picture. And, and, and it's also quite impossible, as Chuck has already described, to open up a subject like the kingdom of God and for me to be able to do it any full justice in a 30-minute, prayerfully, 30-minute monologue. So over the next four weeks, if you're not aware, we really want to invite you to linger at 11.30 in our sky room. We're going with a deeper dive each week, led by our adult ministry team, to go deeper into these values. And you can do that in person at 11.30 in the Sky Room, or you can do it virtually over Zoom at seven o'clock each week. And I would also ask you to hold each one of these weeks in the anticipation of finishing a puzzle. Uh, to, to, to not get too antsy until all the pieces come together because I think what you'll see is already has been alluded to. For me, this is why I believe God has called me to be at this church and this congregation. When we start talking about being a kingdom community, Dan, an evangelistic community, a reconciling community and a God glorifying community. Today we will jump in on what I think is one of the more difficult ones to speak about, but we'll try our best as we jump in to the kingdom of God and to understand our core value of what it means to be a kingdom community. To do this, since it's more of a topic, we're gonna to have a bunch of scriptures, and I know you've been standing, sitting, standing, sitting, but out of a change of pace and respect for God's word, would you please stand for the reading of God's word? There will be four different texts, and don't worry, we will make sense of all of them. Well, we'll try. In Matthew chapter six, verses nine to 13, this is the Lord's prayer, it will sound familiar to you. Jesus instructs us, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Jesus, in one of his teachings in Mark chapter 10, verses 14 to 15, listen for the kingdom language in each one of these. When Jesus saw this, people were bringing children for him to bless them, and his disciples, if you recall, were pushing the children away because Jesus had more important things to do. When Jesus saw his disciples pushing children away, he was indignant. And he said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 to 22, Paul writing about the reality of what it means to be the new people of God in light of Jesus having died and rose again. Therefore, remember that formerly you who were Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who called themselves the circumcision, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations and his purpose, listen church, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. So consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people, and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. And in Revelation 7, 9, after I looked at this, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the lamb, and they were wearing white robes and they were holding palm branches in their hands. These are verses and words of our Lord. I know that was awkward. You may have a seat. We don't normally have so many verses, y'all. If you're new to Lake Avenue Church or if you're with us for the first time today online or in person, one, uh, welcome. We are really glad that you're here. And my prayer would be that today you would get a, a deeper sense of the kind of people we believe God's called us to be, not only here at Lake Avenue Church, but as people who follow Jesus. And we need these messages because the reality is that over time and past and present, there are a lot of people who are followers of Jesus who really struggle who really struggle to proclaim the kind of things I hope we're gonna to proclaim today. So here's the disclaimer at the beginning. Our core values are central to who we are, but also what's really important to who we are is we're human beings. And we fall short, and Annie prayed us, led us in such a beautiful prayer of recognizing what we believe and our struggle to actually believe what we believe. 
And, and, and it's really important today as we talk about what feels aspirational at some level, and yet is also very true at another level, that we hold that intention that we don't have core values for our, our own human striving. We have core values because out of response and faithfulness to who we believe God has called us to be, recognizing that as a bunch of messed up human beings and Christians who are going to be difficult at times to be, live faithfully, uh, that these core values are what center us back to Jesus. These aren't core values that we double down on and say, this is what we are going to do. This is what we pray God would do through us, his church. So simply stated, our core value of being a kingdom community says this, reflecting God's family in the church, we are unified across cultural, generational, socioeconomic, and racial and ethnic differences. You, you hear the aspiration, don't you? We are unified across all of these differences. That's true, and we'll look at that, because that's what God is doing and what he has done on the cross, but we, as a church are going to strive to be this kind of kingdom community, that the divisions that are present in this world based on age, economics, race, ethnicity, that in the name and the house of God here at Lake Avenue Church, these divisions don't exist the way they exist in this world, which is why, which is why Lake Avenue Church, thank you for the great experiment this summer to being together in one service. Thank you for allowing and wanting and celebrating our middle school and high school students here so that we might worship more fully together. Thank you for the, the great change that many of you have seen in your time at Lake Avenue Church where we had a philosophy of divide and conquer. Get with people who look like you and live like you and in the same life stage and, and build that thing and, and, and make it grow. And over the last many, many, many years, the efforts have been not only to continue that great kind of ministry of sharing life stage together, but to find our identity in a deeper calling across the differences. The, the, the scripture and the theme in scripture around the kingdom is the very language that God uses, that Jesus teaches about to describe this counter way of living this counter existence from the ways in this world. So quite honestly, hopefully you see the difference. We live in a world that is separated by economics, by racial differences, by age, by gender, all the things that divide in this world, but in the kingdom of God, those divisions ought not exist. They will not exist in eternity and they ought not exist here. But the kingdom of God, as Chuck has said, is such a complex and yet very simple concept. My prayer is that you would leave here today with a little more simplicity than complex. But if you want complex, I would really refer you to two resources. One, Dallas Willard's great book, The Divine Conspiracy. You, you need patience and a dictionary next to you when you read this book, but it is profound how he speaks about the kingdom of God and teaches. And the book that I would mostly recommend takes Willard's work and makes it very accessible by a friend of mine, uh, Jeremy Treat, who is the teaching pastor the, at Reality Los Angeles. He wrote a book called Seek First, and it is an amazing book. In fact, I'm gonna steal so many of his definitions here at the front end, because what Jeremy says about the kingdom of God in its most simple form is this. The kingdom is God's reign through God's people over God's place. The kingdom is God's reign through God's people over God's place. God's reign 
Simply put, God's kingdom is about God, not about us. God's reign is God's royal power directed by his self-giving love, according to Jeremy. So God's royal power directed by his self-giving love through, and this is where we enter the story of God's kingdom, through God's people. That what you see in scripture from the very beginning when God created Adam and Eve was not a people just to play in the sand away from him, but a people that he has invited into relationship with and giving them the whole creation and the whole world and being an intimate relationship with God. That God has always set up this world from the very beginning to have a relationship with God's people so that God's reign, his rule, his supreme power, his kingdom is definitely connected to us, his people, who he gives the opportunity, who he invites into participating with God's rule and reign on this earth. And here's where human history goes bad sometimes. When God's people try to take the power that is only God's, when God's people try to put themselves at the, the reigning supreme authority in this world, instead of being invited into what God is doing in God's ways, so God's kingdom through God's people over God's place, and I love what Jeremy has to say when he says this. The Bible is not an escape story from earth to heaven, but rather it's a story of heaven coming down to earth. And from the very beginning of the Bible, it's this beautiful story of God coming to redeem and to rescue his people, every human heart, and every inch of creation. Here's why this is important, church. Jesus actually talks about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven more than anything else, but far too often we have been trained and discipled that when we read those words of Jesus, that what Jesus is talking about is when we die, going up to heaven. And there is a true reality to that. But I think what we're hoping to show today is that the kingdom of God is not this future reality separate from you and me today, and separate from the world you and I live in today. The kingdom of God is God's reign through God's people over God's place, and you and I live in God's place. This earth, Los Angeles, Pasadena, wherever you are watching from or wherever you live. So when we see Jesus teaching us to pray in Matthew 6, and he says, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, on earth as it is in heaven. I mean, hear that. Jesus isn't praying for the kingdom to come and then everybody gets zapped up to heaven. He's praying that the future reality of what eternity will be like would come in earth. This is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what exactly are we praying when we pray for the kingdom of God to come on earth as it is in heaven? And simply put, it's this. It's that we would pray and have a longing, not just for heaven, but a longing for heaven to be experienced on earth. When we pray for God's kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven, it's a recognition that there is a future reality, but there's also an opportunity and an invitation. In fact, Jesus, when he was teaching his disciples, first time in, in the Gospel of Luke where he told them that he was gonna die, 
and he was gonna be raised from the dead, he closes this teaching. This is the one where he talks about taking up your cross daily and following. He ends it this way and he says, I'll tell you the truth. Some of you who are standing here today, you're not gonna to have to taste death before you experience the kingdom. Jesus himself teaches some truths about the kingdom, that there's a way of experiencing the kingdom here and now in this life. And yes, that is the future true reality of how many of us, prayerfully all of us who follow Jesus will spend. When we pray for the kingdom of God to be experienced on earth as in heaven, it's a, not just a longing for heaven, but it's a burden for now for God. Dallas Willard says this, so when Jesus directs us to pray, thy kingdom come, he does not mean we should pray for it to come into existence. Rather, we pray for it to take over all points in the personal, social, and political order where it is now excluded, on earth as it is in heaven. And with this prayer, we are invoking it as in faith we are acting it into the real world of our daily existence. When you and I are serious about the kingdom of God directing our life, about God's rule coming in through God's people in God's place, the kingdom of God looks at broken parts of our world. The kingdom of God sees broken people in this world. The kingdom of God requires us to look at broken systems of this world and recognize how it will be one day isn't just something we hope to get to, but how it will be one day is an invitation to how we live here and now because God's kingdom is both eternal and real time. You might notice that in the benediction I often give you, I grew up with a pastor who trained this into my mind, which is why I use it now. I say go in peace and live by faith. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit, and this is how I learned it, be with you now and in life everlasting. And I give the benediction, be with you now in life everlasting, because you and I have the opportunity to not taste death before we experience the eternal. You and I have an opportunity to taste God's kingdom on this earth, not in its fullness, but in beautiful doses and tastes. Jesus speaks about the kingdom of God a lot, if not the most. And one way that often we come to understand when Jesus talks about this reign of God, this rule of God in this world, it's often talked about that it's an upside down kingdom. It's a kingdom that runs counter to the very ways of the world, the very ways in which our world is oriented. I mean, even going to the Olympics. I mean, we love some of those stories, right? Where someone falls and finishes the race and comes in last, and that, that's cute for about a minute. But the Olympics are a story of the strong being celebrated. The gold, the silver, the bronze. And even within that, you see disappointment in some athletes that they are only third best in the world. See, the upside down reality of the kingdom of God is it takes some of the philosophies and the values of the world you and I live in and oftentimes will turn them upside down. And so when Jesus says, the first shall be last and the last shall be first, when even in this text where Jesus says to his disciples as they're bringing children to him, because in that time, a little bit different than our time, if we're honest, not all that different, 
that, that parents were bringing children for him to bless them and touch them, and Jesus' disciples, the ones who are supposed to get it the most, missed it the most, was turning those families away, turning those children away, and Jesus becomes indignant. Jesus became angry. Jesus had an emotional reaction. Jesus had a little bit of frustration. Jesus raised his voice. And he said, unless you're actually like these children, you'll never understand the kingdom. See how that's upside down? Yesterday, the boys and I and, and Jenny, we had a nice walk, did our morning thing, and then the boys and I walked to Target, and I asked them, they asked about the sermon, I was talking about this, I said, guys, can you think of one area in life where, where you as a kid are asked to be the expert? Where adults come to you and say, teach me how to do this. And I thought it was a stumping kind of question until they recognized, well, we help grandma and grandpa with their iPhones all the time. <laughs> but beyond iPhones and technology, it doesn't work that way. I'm telling you the truth, if I take those words seriously, some of you sitting over here need to be sitting over here next week. Unless we're more like them, we will never understand the kingdom. See, the kingdom of God reverses what is normally celebrated and, 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 and strived for in this world. The kingdom of God pushes us to people who are, who are poor. You and I live in a world that strives to get away from poverty. The kingdom of God places different kinds of values into our life and the opportunity to live what will be forever is the invitation. It's the invitation that Jesus teaches. <clears throat> that Jesus teaches. When, when he says that the unexpected, the invisible, the insignificant other are essential for your and my understanding of the way God's kingdom works. That's, that's not, even if you are the most kind person in the world, the reality is that the insignificant, the invisible, the unexpected is not someone we are drawn to be near so that we might learn something about God. And oftentimes what happens for faithful followers of Jesus is we move towards the invisible. We move towards the insignificant because of what we can bring them. But see, in God's kingdom, these things get reversed. That we need the insignificant. We need the unexpected. We need the child. Because unless we can learn from them, we'll never understand who God is fully. Shameless connected plug, next Saturday, we have an amazing grandparent ministry here at Lake Avenue Church, and I really hope that's on all of your radar. And I am so grateful for those who lead in that ministry. It's 9 to 11.30, Mark Roberts from Fuller, um, and Larry Fowler is gonna be here. It's gonna be incredible. Some of the best speakers I've ever heard. And here's the reality. We have so many of you grandparents who have such a heart and a longing for your grandchildren uh, to know Jesus. And here's what I bet will happen and does happen. That as you minister to your grandchildren, they end up teaching you about Jesus. Because in God's kingdom, these things get reversed. Oftentimes, our motivation as followers of Jesus is to move somebody who has need but in God's kingdom, the people who have need have something to teach. And there is division all around us in this world, around unexpected, invisible, insignificant people. 
whether it be our countries, in our own country, our political parties, even our natural tendencies as human beings to link up and to be with people who live life like we do or at the same level that we do. The kingdom of God comes into these natural ways of a broken world trying to connect for power and fight for power and connect with people who are just like us and it flips that. And the interesting thing is I don't have a ton of hope. I don't care who the president is. I don't care how strong the United Nations is. The hope of the world to flip the way power works in this world, the, the hope for this world to, to, be, to have the experience of what eternity will be like has been given to you and me as followers of Jesus and it's up to us whether we want to receive this call and gift and to participate with God in what he is gonna do forever by giving the opportunity to taste it here and now. In Ephesians, this long scripture that we read, the part I want you to hear is when, when Paul teaches us, for he himself is our peace, he has made the two groups one, he has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law and its commands and its regulations, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. This text that we have read, these 11 verses, could be and probably should be a four-week sermon series in and of themselves. There's so much context to what is happening. Uh, but, but, but imagine with me a, a worshiping community where you came to church this morning and based on your ethnicity and your education, you sat in a particular section. And you weren't allowed to just sit freely with people who have different levels of education or different ethnic background. It's the way that worship worked. It's the way the world worked. But in Jesus, the wall that divides people from people comes down because in Jesus, he is creating not a bunch of separate humanities, but he's creating one new humanity. And that the tensions that come based on difference, based on ethnic background, based on divisions of, of, of all kinds of things, in Jesus, those walls come down. One of the phrases that was pounded into my head by Pastor Greg, before he even started, that in Christ, the walls that divide people from people come down. And when the walls that divide people from people come down, That is the kingdom of God. The Bible, contrary to what some of you might believe or think, the Bible is full of cultural and racial distinctions, their tensions and their problems. But the Bible is also full of the solution and the answer, a new vision of humanity and through Jesus, those divisions that that are just expected and normal in this world, they come down. This is that upside down kingdom of God. The walls that divide people from people come down in Christ. And here's the great invitation of the Ephesians text. When the walls that divide people from people come down in Christ, it's the very evidence of his kingdom's rule and reign in our lives and in this world. That's why I love being a part of this church family. I, I think we have work to do, I have work to do. I love that we come in and sit where you wanna sit and if you look around, I'm pretty blown away. 
I'm pretty blown away by the, the beauty of who God has made us to be as a church family. And that runs counter to very many other places in this world that the walls that are present outside of the church might come down in the church. But we'll talk about that in a moment. I say this to you because as part of being a kingdom community, it means that we're gonna, we're gonna fight to break down barriers. We're gonna fight to break down the walls that divide us from one another. That's why we want our students with us on Sunday morning. Isn't it refresh? I hope it's refreshing for you. I hope it's refreshing when you link in conversation on the patio or even over a question of the day with someone whose story of school is so dramatically different from your story of school and the richness of relationship across all of these divisions. I pray that this is a refreshing thing because the walls have been destroyed by Christ and for the kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven, we are invited into being wall-busting down people, barrier-breaking people. Because this future hope and this future reality is recorded in Revelation, and we talk about this a lot. At the end, a great multitude that no one can count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, they were wearing white robes, they were holding palm branches in their hand. Now listen to the beautiful thing. Yes, the walls that divide people from people come down, the hostility, but we have a creative God who's given us nation and tribe and language and it's in that beauty of all of that coming together, not to be some homogeneous group of people with one language and one skin color. It's the fullness of being the, the people of God without the hostility. That's what eternity will be. And this is the opportunity for you and me to be a part of a church that focuses on the kingdom of God. The reality is there are plenty of followers of Jesus who don't want that. Who, who, who will intellectually go, yeah, one day that's going to be awesome in heaven, but I don't see its relevance for us here and now. And if that's you or you know somebody like this, I just want to say to you, heaven is going to be really tough for you. And you don't have to taste death before you experience what would be true forever. I, I, I know there's a lot of conversation and there's probably a need for us to start talking about the book of Revelation so we can make sense of that. But let me tell you what Revelation is not. Revelation isn't given us uh, this last book of the Bible to excuse us from anything it describes to being perfect one day that we are somehow not held accountable or invited into being part of the future. I've been to so many funerals, done so many funerals, but we celebrated at funerals, whoever this person was, especially if they had an illness, a suffering, we declare that in heaven there's no more pain, there's no more suffering, there's no more fear. We find great hope that in eternity, the difficulty of this life will not be present. But I've never met anybody who said, hey, because there's no suffering or pain or fear in heaven, we don't need to worry about suffering, fear, and pain here. No, we pray. We find doctors. We ask for the spirit to heal because we want what will be true forever to be experienced now. And the same is true of the makeup of the people of God. We don't get Revelation 7, 9 as a big excuse. It's gonna be horrible on this earth. 
And one day God's gonna make it right so we don't have any opportunity. No, the kingdom of God and our kingdom community is that we are gonna reflect God's family in the church and we will strive to be unified across cultural, generational, socioeconomic, racial, ethnic differences, not because that's some hip value, but it's because it's how God is leading his world to be forever. So how do we apply this? One, I want you to hear this. Future realities are current calls for faithfulness. What can be true forever is also an invitation to be experienced now. That is the kingdom of God. That's that taste that you and I can. The truth is, some of us won't. So how do we apply this? One is this. I would invite you to pray and to live your life now in a way that is true forever. Pray and live your life now for the truth of how forever will be. Which means the unexpected, invisible, insignificant other matters to you and you need that person and I need that person. Which means that often the values of this world are in opposite to the values that God and Jesus teach. Which means that the wall of hostility that is present in this world is something we're going to fight to break down. Because what will be true forever is an opportunity to pray and live now. So let's get near. Let's get close to the unexpected, invisible, and insignificant others around us. Because our faithfulness, your understanding, my understanding of God's kingdom is linked to someone you're not even imagining it's linked to. We need one another and we need those who often are on the outcast. Third, I just was thinking about this silly cartoon that I grew up and anybody my age is gonna get it, but you know, Wonder Twin Powers Unite? Here's my cheesy, this is the cheesiest thing I've ever said from the pulpit at Lake Avenue Church. It's so cheap, I'm embarrassed to say it, but I'm gonna say it, because I'm sick. <laughs> wall breakers unite. The walls that are present in this world, they're to be broken down by the people of God. And there's twofold to that. Listen, 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 clap in a minute if you really like it. In this church family, we will strive, we will seek, to be a place where the walls that divide people from people are not present in this church family. However, to do that well, we can't pretend that there's not walls out when we're not at church. We can't say to somebody, hey, <laughs> Lake Avenue Church, your socioeconomic status doesn't matter, your, 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 the racial differences you experience in life, those don't matter, your age, those don't matter. We don't get to just play utopia for 90 minutes a week we have to allow the reality of the walls that people live, that you live in this world, to be of subject for us because I need your story of what you experience so that I know how to break down walls, not just here at church, but when I'm in a restaurant or I'm going about my life. The experiences that people, specifically for me, people who are different than me, have in this world of the walls that, that are present and hard and horrible. Those stories matter. And for us to really be a church 
where the walls are breaking, we can't just be focused on what happens on our campus. We have to allow the stories of what you all experience outside of this church help us to break walls outside of Lake Avenue Church. I knew you wouldn't clap as much for that one. The evidence of being a wall-breaking church is the ability for those of you to share your stories and to help us know how to break walls outside of church. And finally, I just want you to hear this from me. The kingdom, living for the kingdom of God is super messy. So if you're part of Lake, you've signed up for a little bit of messy. You've signed up for times of tension. Because anytime we are trying our best to be faithful to scripture, to God's rule and reign in a world with all kinds of rulers and authorities and reigns, when we're juxtaposing the kingdom's perspective of power versus the world you and I live in, to reorient and to correct is difficult at times. And there's gonna be times where we nail it and there's gonna be times where we fumble through trying to be faithful. And the beautiful thing about God's kingdom is the great forgiveness and grace that he gives us to continue to attempt to be the people he called us to. So in those times where we're not reflecting God's family, for there's times where we're not unified across all these beautiful differences that we will celebrate one day, that we have a God who extends his grace and his mercy and his forgiveness. I'll just close with this story. I'm reflective of my upbringing for some reason. I, I'm so grateful for the church I was discipled in, I came to faith in. There's a big difference between that church and this church. In that church, I remember it was every Thursday morning, everybody would come during the week and drop off food because on Thursday, those people would come and get their food. Uh, those people in our city who lived on the outskirts of town, who were poor, who didn't have the same resources as the people in our church. And I was so grateful to learn that kind of generous perspective and living about how there's some people in our city who need help. And I'll tell you how the Lord has discipled me as a being part of this church family. Is as true as it is that there are some people who need help, this is a church that needs those people to be a part of our church. It's not a church to people, it's a church of the fullness of people. I'm looking at some of you who've done high school ministry with me where we would scratch our heads. We go, how on earth do you lead a high school ministry with, with, with families, with kids with incredible amount of resource and, and, and kids who are undocumented? Oh, what a ride, because that's how it will be forever. Lake Avenue Church, we have this grand, great opportunity that not a lot of churches have to taste more of the kingdom of God in this life than maybe other places because of who God, where God's placed us and the mission we have as a church. And I would pray that you would find the joy of the messy work, of being unified across all these differences, that you would find the joy that comes with being a part of something bigger than yourself that runs counter to the values of this world. In fact, I believe there are some of you even listening now online or maybe even sitting in this room who you're kind of thinking, I, 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 I've never heard that's what the church is about. And in fact, I have such an opposite experience with followers of Jesus who seem to be building their own institution or story. And now you're saying there's a reversal that the, 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 the kingdom of God is opposite. 
And, and maybe right now you're sensing the Holy Spirit invite you into being a part of this messy group of people who's gonna fumble through life in a beautiful way watching God do what God's going to do forever in little bits and pieces here and now. And if you've never followed Jesus, if you've never felt like there was a church where you belonged because you had to be perfect, I would just invite you today. I invite you into a deeper connection with Jesus. If you're in this room after our service, there'll be people up here who wanna talk to you and pray with you. And I'm gonna close the message now as we prepare to sing. Are we singing? Yes, okay. God, thank you for this grand vision that your son Jesus taught us about your rule, your reign in this world. Thank you that you've invited us to be your people in this place here and now. God, I would simply pray this for us as a church family. God, that what is going to be true forever would be more realized here and now for each one of us. And I pray now, God, for those who, who might hear this message, who might be finding themselves on YouTube randomly or sitting in a pew randomly. God, I pray that you would bring people into this church family, into faith in your son Jesus, that all the hostility, all the difficulty, all the, the divisions that are present in this world, that this would be a place, God, where, where because of your son Jesus, that the wall of hostility in our own hearts and on our families would come down and that we would be your people. God, I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Blessed assurance. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a fortress of glory be God. Heir of salvation. Purchase of God. Born of his
My favorite hymn. Thank you for leading us so beautifully. Before you head into this week, if you need prayer for any reason, we have people who want to pray with you. Especially if you might be sitting here or on the chat, um, and, and this image of what it means to be a part of God's kingdom is new for you, intriguing to you, and you have questions, please come. We want to pray with you and talk with you. Um, as you head into this week, also remind you, 11.30 in our Skyrim, can, you can go deeper. Seven night at 7 o'clock, you can go deeper. And just a, a warning, because there are rules in this world. I know it's been really wonderful to talk about the kingdom. Don't, like, attack all the kids and students in the church saying, Jeff said we need to know more. Tell us more about Jesus. Just give them, that joke didn't work. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to leave again because I don't want to cough on anybody, but I do love you. I hope you know that. I'm not escaping anything. You don't need to email me with concern. So as you go, go in peace and live by faith. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit be with you now in life everlasting. Amen. Have a great week.